Amen. All right. The bedrock of our souls, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18. When we draw our attention to verses 13 and 14, I want to lift up the thought that the world does not understand Jesus. Looking at verses 13 and 14, first we see the geographic context of this passage. That Jesus and his disciples are in the region of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi was a predominantly Gentile area, All right. not to be confused with Caesarea. Mm -hmm. Caesarea was a city that was southwest of Caesarea Philippi and that it was on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. All right. But Caesarea Philippi was north of Capernaum and it was not on the seashore. No, no. Caesarea Philippi was named after Caesar by a Herod called Herod Philip. Philip was very much, um, if you will, ecstatic about the Caesar, and he wanted to do something great for him. So he wanted to name a city after him, but after he tried to name it Caesarea, finding out that Caesarea, the city already exists, he added on Philippi, which in his Selflessness, he was self-serving because he put his own name in it. Yeah. But that's how Gentiles do. Amen? Amen. So when Jesus came to this region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of man am. Now it's interesting that Jesus in verse 13 didn't just say, who do men say that I am? But he brought context to it when he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? All right. In the phrase or in the term son of man, it's the idea of authority, uh -huh. of power, of anointing, the son of man. If you will remember in the book of Daniel, it talked about the son of man. Yeah. And did not... That old crazy Nebuchadnezzar, when he looked in the fiery furnace, right, yeah. mm -hmm. did he not say, did we not throw in three? Uh -huh. But now there's a fourth one, and he looks like the son of man. Amen. God has always made himself presented to the world, whether they wanted to receive it or not. The, the book of Romans allows us to know in the first chapter that the reason why folks deny that there is a Christ and that he exists and that he is God is because they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. But God has made himself manifest and because of this he is pouring out his wrath on those who have made the decision that they just don't want to believe in him. Because they want to be selfish and they want to have things their own way. But he still is the son of man. Because the same book lets us know that let every man be a liar and God be true. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see in verse 14, so they say, some say John the Baptist. 
Some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now we see all the confusion of folks on the outside trying to portray Jesus, trying to draw a mosaic of Jesus. They missed him every time. Yes, they talked about great men, but there is none like Jesus. And even today, asking the same question, folks are missing him on the outside. The Muslims say he was a good prophet. He was a good teacher, but they will not call him the son of God. There are men and women out here that will talk about Jesus being a good person and being a person behind social justice, but they will not allow him to be son of God in their lives because they want to have things their own way, but not realizing that they are bound because of their disobedience to God, that they are bound in sin because they will not let Jesus in. Amen. So when we look at this text, we see Jesus quickly in verse 15. He he changed the audience. He he was no longer concerned about the folks on the outside, what they thought of him. Uh But what about those who walk with him every day? Jesus is concerned about what we say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. About who he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why is Jesus so concerned about that? Because we are his ambassadors. Uh-huh. We are his representatives Amen. to the world. So if we falsely represent Christ, it is a great travesty and a tragedy in the world. We must be true and correct about how we see Jesus in order to convey the message of truth to the world that they might be saved. That some will receive it and be unto salvation and others will reject it and be under condemnation. But either way, we must be true about how we represent who God is. So our text goes on. We find that Amongst the disciples, they all could have had possibly a chance to speak. Uh-huh. But our friend and our brother, Simon Peter, spoke before them all. Amen. You know, sometimes we talk against so Simon Peter because, you know, he denied Christ and, you know, he, he even cursed. Yeah. But I'm telling you that none of us are any more qualified than him. And some of us in certain situations have probably denied him ourselves. We may not have cursed and we may not have stood around and said we don't know the Christ. But we got real quiet. When the world was making their jokes about the Lord, instead of us standing up for him, we got quiet because we didn't want the wrath to come of the people who were around us. We didn't want to hear those things being thrown against us. And we were concerned about how things would be, what the repercussions would be if we stood up for the Lord. So don't be so hard on Simon Peter. Because we've been Simon Peter ourselves at one time or another. Amen. So looking here, I like this about Simon Peter. Simon Peter was boisterous and he was he was quick to speak. And, and in this particular case, I'm so glad he did. 
Because here in verse 15, verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. By this confession, the world would be forever changed. Look at the confession that Jesus, the son of man, is the Christ. The Christ, the Messiah, uh -huh. the one that the Old Testament promised that would come as a seed of Abraham. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The one who would come that would not be like Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, that would be a blessing to Israel, but the seed that would be a blessing to all nations. Amen. The one that would go outside of the lines of the comfort zones of of, of Israel and reach out to the Samaritans and reach out to the Gentile who were cast out, dejected, and put on the sidelines. This is the seed, and his name is Jesus, the Christ, yes, sir. the anointed uh -huh. one, to take the word Man. from Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost through his disciples. That's what he would do. He is the Christ, yes, the sir. son of the living God. Yes, Look at our text. The son of the living God. Yeah, make your way, right? Now if we look closely, everybody else has put him in a man box. Uh -huh. Everybody else has made him John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets who have all died. Uh -huh. By this time they are all dead. But Jesus is not like any of them because he is the son of the living God. Without this confession, the church is in trouble. Because Jesus had to be who he said he was or he was a fraud. And if Jesus was a fraud, then all of us is part of fraudulent activity. But we know better than that, don't we? We know something has happened that's way greater than any kind of fraudulent activity. There's no way to understand how we could be where we are when once we were walking in nightclubs and drinking and drugging and doing all manners of evil. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we was going left, but now we're going right. Hallelujah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. When we were dibbling and dabbling, huh? Sneaking and creeping. But God found us where we were, turned us around and put our feet on solid ground. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Not just a man born of a woman. But thou art the Christ. The second one in the Trinity. The one who has been, is, and ever shall be. Before Abraham was, I am. Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Without this confession, there is no church. Without this confession, there is nothing to stand on. Because we needed more than what men could provide. I look back at verse 
14, and I, I look and they say, well, some say you were John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a great man. Out in the wilderness preaching, yes, sir. repentance for the kingdom is at hand. Yeah. Eating locusts and honey. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was a good man, but all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do what we needed. I'm looking at Elijah. He was a good man. Good man. Who called for fire down from heaven. He was a good man. Who called that the rains would not come and they didn't for three years. He was a good man. But all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of the other prophets in Jeremiah, he was a weeping prophet who was tenacious at preaching the word against an unregenerate Jerusalem, an unregenerate Israel. But all have seen. We needed something better than that. With all of what they had, it was not enough. Because 99 and a half just won't do but this confession that Simon Peter gives you are the Christ the son of the living God the second one in the trinity not just 100% man but 100% God the one who came who knew no sin that became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in him if in him, by him, through him, we live. It is yet not I, but Christ in me. It's the Christ, the son of the living God. Nothing else will do. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4 said, Christ is our life. Not somebody coming aside us, but he is our life. We can do nothing without him. John 15 verse 5. Nothing. We needed something better, and this confession sets everything in motion. The world will forever change because thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Son of the living God who would have nails put in his hands, nails in his feet, and he would die on an old rugged cross. He'd be in the grave three days, but early Sunday morning, he raised, he raised with all power in his hands. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's good news, children. Because without that, we could do nothing. But look at our text. Verse 17. Hallelujah. The matchless quality of the unqualified. Verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you. Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know, I see something interesting here. That when Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, he allows Peter to see and us to see by vicarious looking onward that Simon was just a man. Mm -hmm. He was born of a woman and a man. Well, His daddy's name was Jonah. Uh -huh. Simon, the son right. of Jonah. Yes, that in all of his frailties, of all of his disqualification, that the father in heaven said, 
This has been given to you. That he is blessed. And you know that's good news, saints. Because in all of our frailties, all of our faults, all of our missteps, all of our sinful ways, all of our transgressions, God still qualifies us to be his children. And he doesn't stop right there, but he gives us the power to start overcoming some of them things that we were tripped up in. He gives us the power to be ambassadors to him, to carry the authority of the word of God. This morning, Reverend Lindsay was at our church and he was talking about the gospel. He was over in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. He said, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. To whosoever believeth. To the Jew first and also the Greek. God has entrusted us, unqualified people, with the truth of the gospel. The kind of gospel that has the power to take a drunk man and make him a preacher. To take a thief and make him a deacon. That's power in the saints of God. And that's why thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Yeah, we building on a solid foundation. But let's see what else the Lord has to say. Verse 18. The rock has overcoming power. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I, I like this translation here, the New King James Version, because it gives us some clarity to where the gates are. It doesn't say the gates of hell. But it says the gates of Hades. All right. Now, now, before I get into that, let's back up and look at what Jesus said about Simon. He says, and. Now, 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 in addition to the Father has now given you an astounding truth uh -huh. that you could have never gotten on your own. Well, we could never get the word of God. No, sir. Without the Father, no, no, who allowed the Son to send the Holy Ghost, there you go. that we would have revelation through the power of the Holy Ghost in his scriptures. Amen. But he says, and I also say to you, are Peter. Jesus has a way of calling you what you are not now. In, 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 in the book of uh, Romans, there's a scripture, I believe, over in the fourth chapter where God spoke to Abraham and he told Abraham that he was going to be a father of many nations. Now, at that time, he was good as dead and Sarah was what? Barren. But he called those things that are not as though they were. Now, the, the word of faith folks would say this is something we do. But I continue to you that this is something only God can do. And so Jesus, being God, now looks at Peter. Now looks at Simon and says, you are Peter. You are a small stone. Because a lot of times we look at the word Peter and we just say rock. But I think it's instructive that we see what Peter really means. It means small stone. 
And that word for Peter is Petros. Yes, sir. With an OS on it. Yes, sir. But then when we look at this text closer, and he says, on this rock, uh -huh. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Many people wrongly interpret this scripture when they refer this back to Peter. But I think if he was really talking about Peter, that this would be more of a personal pronoun. Well, man. But I'm, I'm seeing something else here that makes a whole lot better sense. Because if we're going to build a solid foundation on a man, we got real trouble, don't we? Because even in our salvation, we still sin, don't we? Amen. So we don't want this kind of responsibility on a man. I wouldn't want it on me. Amen. But I see something else going on here. He says, on this rock. Uh -huh. Now, that's a new Greek word that's coming into play. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Peter is Petros, uh -huh. uh -huh. O-S. Yes, this rock is Petra, uh -huh. A, P-E-T-R-A. Well. -E right. Now, watch this. On these, this little stone, he says, you are the little stone. And on this bedrock, yes, sir. I will build my church. Yeah, yeah. You are a little stone, yeah, yeah. but on this bedrock, I will build my church, all right, all right. and then the gates of hell shall not prevail ahead, against it. On this bedrock, what yeah. is the bedrock? Uh -huh. The bedrock is the confession that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Without that, this whole thing is a mess. This whole thing is a fraud. He needed something solid that would go and stand the ends of time. And that confession will stand the ends of time. It's by that confession that everyone in here are now naming the name Jesus. Because if you don't believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, then you are not his. But everyone here has made that confession that he is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. He was the fourth one in the furnace. He is the second in the Trinity. It's all on this confession. And then the Bible goes on to say here, it says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And these gates of hell, which can be better translated Hades, is really not talking about the ultimate second death in the lake of fire and brimstone, but it's talking about the initial death. It's when we're separated from our bodies and we're in the holding place waiting on judgment. All right, man. All right. So Jesus is saying that the grave and death cannot hold you. That no way can they hold it against the bedrock of this confession. When you trust in the name Jesus, you may die in this world, but you all it won't be dead. Because one of these old days, and it won't be very long, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and they that remain shall be caught up in the air, and we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of eyes. Ain't that good news, sir? It's on this confession, on the confession of faith, that thou art the Christ, Lord Jesus, the Son 
living God now that's building on a solid foundation and when you are on that foundation the gates of hell cannot prevail against it what can be greater than the love of Jesus on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it that love lifted me when nothing else would help love lifted me it's love that keeps us it's love that sends us it's love that empowers us God demonstrated his love toward us and while we were yet sinners he died for the ungodly it's love on this bedrock He'll build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Nothing else will do. Only Christ. My trust is on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. All other things are sinking sand, but 